0: Well, here we are, uh, together with our first uh, penitential season. And so, you know, I'm supposed to get kind of tough with you, I guess. Um, So if you thought I was tough with you before, boy, you're really going to get it today. Um, uh, So Advent and Lent are our two penitential seasons, okay? And uh, what we do is, as a church, we have a period of preparation before we celebrate our two greatest solemnities, right? So Christmas and Easter are our two greatest solemnities, and as a church, we spiritually prepare so that when those times come, we those solemnities have come, we have the ability to celebrate them with, with even greater joy, all right? And therefore then, something needs to take place to make space for that joy. Um, The Lord tells us today, I mean, the theme of today is pretty obvious. He he says it how many times in the gospel, to watch, be watchful, be ready. And again, uh, at the beginning of Advent, we're focused on the second coming of Christ, coming on the heels of the end of the liturgical year, right, the last couple of Sundays. And so the, the message of today is be prepared for when Christ returns. But why be prepared or how be prepared? You know what does that mean? What does that look like? Um, yesterday I was at NAU, uh, walking around campus, and um, but with a purpose. My uh, um, <laughs> my brother and, and brother-in-law and sister were there with my eldest niece, and she was touring. Uh, it looks like she's going to go to NAU, and so she was touring the residence halls. Um, you can you know look them over, and this is what this room looks like, and this room looks like, and. They all smelled horrible, um, <laughs> I don't know what that was about. But when you, uh, uh, when you go onto the, the residence halls, they, they had a couple of volunteers who would offer their rooms to be seen, you know. And um, a couple things I noticed about those who offered those rooms, number one, none of them were boys, young men, <laughs> they're all women. And uh, secondly, they were all well prepared. I mean, it was obvious they were expecting guests. They cleaned up. I don't think there's any way they were that neat. There's no way. It was very well, well kept, cleaned. I was even just kinda, I just noticed that. It was, it was very obvious. They knew they were expecting guests. They didn't know when they would show up, you know, because the RA would just sort of take people on a tour and you know, come down the hallway and say, hey, we're here. So they, they didn't really know when a, a guest would show up to see their room, but they were ready. You know, they were prepared. So they prepared their home, you know, their dorm room. Everything was tidy. Everything looked nice to make a good impression, Right to receive the guest. So when we look then at the watchfulness we are to have during Advent, it's analogous. The difference, of course, is that we need to clean ourselves up. All right, we need to clean up our own house. We need to be watchful about ourselves, to be attentive about ourselves. And this is what a penitential season is about. A penitential season is about being rigorously honest about who we are and who we're not, and who we'd like to be. And, and really to, to drill down on some personality characteristics that we know we need to address. Or maybe we don't know, so on one hand, there are some things we know and we'd like to get better at. On the other hand, maybe it's a, it's a time for us to reflect or even to ask somebody, what do you think some of my faults are that, that, that I should you know, look at or I should, I should try to get better at? You wanna be careful with who you ask, you know? But there's a good chance if somebody knows you well, you know, your spouse or, or your parent or, or even your child. Ask Parents, ask your children. What a, what a wonderful, I mean, what parent would do that, right? What a humbling thing to do, though, to ask your child, what do you think is something I could work on? I mean, why would that be harmful, necessarily? Yeah, I'm sure your, your kids know, <laughs> I'm sure they know, just like you know with me. I'm sure if I, and I'm not asking you, but if I asked you, <laughs> you'd have a whole litany. So anyway, I, but I'm gonna give some suggestions, just some ideas for us to, to look at, okay? And, and these are not, don't think I'm thinking of you when I bring these up. I'm thinking about all of the people in Ash Fork. <laughs> so I'm not suspecting any of you do this stuff. All right, but here's some ideas that might ring true for, for some. Um, and, and what you can see through how we practice virtue and vice is that we become that which we practice. All right, if you wanna become a good baseball player, you practice baseball. If you wanna become a good volleyball player, you practice volleyball. You become what you seek to be, or you practice what you hope to be, uh, better put. So it is with vice and virtue. The more that we practice patience, the more we become a patient person. The more that we practice impatience, the more we become an impatient person. So there's our first, right? So some people really struggle with impatience. I'm picking one for me right off the bat, you know. Impatience, waiting on other people. Um, Some people are really, really good complainers. Incredible complainers. I think they're all Catholic. (laughs) But they all live in Ash Fork. Um, hopefully nobody from Ash Fork will be listening to the podcast um, that's right because yesterday I, I told them I was only thinking of people in Williams <laughs> so but there, there was once and this truly is from a different parish there was once a woman who uh, uh, my first two years as pastor there every Sunday she came out and complained about something every Sunday I didn't even know her name she just complained you know because I mean, if somebody comes out and complains every Sunday, you're not really going to want to keep that conversation going very long and get to know their name. But, you know, that was just what she did. And, you know, it kind of, I thought, well, how do I handle this? You know, because I, it's obviously not a happy occasion. You know, how could I maybe say something to her? So, you know, what what I told her one day, I finally just said, you know, I only know you as the complainer. That's how I know you. That's your entire identity to me, is the one who complains. And uh, you know, she had become what she practiced. Um, she never complained to me again. She complained to everybody else, uh, <laughs> didn't <know>. help. <laughs> but the reason I use that example is not to pick on her, obviously I wouldn't name her, because I don't know her name. But the, the point is that we can become that which we practice the most. So. You know, some people, you know, everybody complains from time to time. I mean, this is not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a deep seated personality thing impatience, complaining, you know, being judgmental of other people, you know, being judgmental about the people who sit on this side of the church and what they do and what they don't do right or what the deacon doesn't do right. There's a whole litany. I got to tell them every Sunday. All those things. You know, but we can become really judgmental or harsh with other people. And it, it, again, with certain people, it becomes a personality characteristic, a trait. It becomes part of who they are. So when it happens from time to time, all right. But when it becomes who we are, then it's something that needs to be fixed. Okay? It's something that needs to be addressed. Some people are, um, you know, lots of people, pretty much everybody in life has been hurt, you know, in some way or another by... Those they love are just other people. And, and some people will carry incredible resentment with them their entire lives. You know, and I've known such people um, you know, later in their lives and, and they're just resentful all the time. You know, they're not usually very fun people to be around either, but it becomes their identity. And what's tragic about it is that they, they miss out on so much joy, so much joy. Just like the people who judge or are harsh with other people, they miss out on the goodness that can be found in others because they never allow themselves to be open to goodness. They only allow themselves to be open to critique, right? Or negativity. There's some people who are, who are incredibly angry. I don't know, they, they carry anger with them. Um, sometimes that's very much connected to, you know, resentment or having been hurt and the anger kind of consumes them and it comes out in all of their relationships you know i see some uh some younger folks here some teenagers and younger disobedience you know is one of this is where everybody's head goes down um or not listening you know when you're supposed to listen i mean these these traits now the problem with disobedience isn't you know teenagers the problem isn't that once in a while you might be disobedient because Everybody knows you're not going to get it all the time. You know you're not going to be perfect. The problem is if it becomes a a character trait that you're always disobedient. You know your parents are looking at you and thinking they're thinking what kind of adult are they going to be if they can never just kind of follow directions or do what they're asked, right? And it's true you'll become a horrible adult. So it's good to, to fix that. It's good to look at that and practice that a little bit better. Um, You know there there's a number of other things we could consider, and but what I want you to do, what I well what I would invite you to do, I'll invite you to do because I'm not going to force any, I can't you know, you're going to do whatever you want to do anyway. But what I invite you to do to make this season effective, right, to make it spiritually effective for you, is to be watchful about yourself. So yes, there's the watchfulness of Christ, but the reason we're watchful of Christ is because we know he's coming and we want to be prepared. So to be watchful about yourself for Advent and pick one or two things. You know, maybe it's impatience and and being judgmental. Pick those two things and say this Advent, I'm gonna work on those two things. You know, and and you might have 10 things to work on, but just focus on a couple. 10 is too many. You know, focus on a couple. We only have, and it's only three weeks. Because the fourth Sunday of Advent, you know, that evening is is Christmas Eve. So you only have three weeks. It's way easier than Lent, right? Wait till we get to Lent. Then you're going to have to do five or six. But, but for Advent, you know, maybe just pick one or two things and say, you know what? I, I've always wanted to work on that. I've always wanted to get better at that. Or, you know, that just seems like a, like a weight that I have to carry, this personality trait. And I want to get rid of it. Or actually ask the Lord to illuminate or enlighten you as to, a, to something that, that maybe needs some work. And then what I ask you to do is, you know, when you say your daily prayers, and you should say your daily prayers, all right, even if it's just an Our Father, a Hail Mary, and a Glory Be once a day, say something. So when you do your daily prayers, bring those things before the Lord and say, Lord, I ask you to deliver me. I ask you to help me. I ask you to heal me to help me to overcome these faults, okay? And then every, every day of Advent, we're focusing on something to kind of clean our house and to be prepared for the Lord's coming. Please stand.